you have a code inside you and you don't understand how you work. And I think that there's a, there's a fundamentally really interesting aspect of biology in that like, it's incredibly complex. You know, it's not, um, you know, you can, in some ways there's like laws about the universe, but your body is just a, an incredible complexity and yet you, you live in it. Like you are sustained by this complexity and all these things happen within you and you don't understand why. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Veridesk. Veridesk makes office furniture simple. Seriously, their height adjustable standing desk is one of my favorites and something I use every day in my video production business, especially when I'm editing. It was really the first step to create a happier, healthier me and a more productive workspace. Today, Veridesk has a full line of furniture and accessories for the office and the classroom that are easy to order, assemble, and reconfigure as your needs change. Ready to work elevated? Go to veridesk.com forward slash behind the brand to learn more. Now let's get into our episode. Hi, my name is Ann Wojcicki. I'm the co-founder and CEO of 23andMe. 23andMe is a direct-to-consumer genetic testing company that allows people to uh, get access to their genetic information and see all about their ancestry, where they're from, um, who they're connected to in the, in the world, and then also to learn a bunch about their health. So I like to tell origin stories, or I like to ask about origin stories. Mm-hmm. How did you get this job? How did you, how did you start this thing? <laughs> Uh, well, it came out of, um, I always had a, I had a science background. Um, I was working on Wall Street for about 10 years. And it, it was, you know, I happened to, I was lucky. I was working at a time when there was a lot of interesting innovation and also when the human genome had just been sequenced for the first time. And I saw there's this incredible potential for what's going to happen when your human code is accessible. And it always seemed fascinating for me. Like, I'd love to see my code and what potential um, did you see though uh, I'm just curious what your vision was at that time uh, I think it's to me it was interesting it's a, a two aspects of it so one is that you have a code inside you and you don't understand how you work and I think that there's a there's a fundamentally really interesting aspect of biology in that like it's incredibly complex you know it's not um, you know you can in some ways there's like laws about the universe but your body is just a, an incredible complexity and yet you you live in it like you are sustained by this complexity and all these things happen within you and you don't understand why yeah. and so I was always fascinated like the the fundamentals of it is your is your genetics and I was also interested in in the in diversity in that like we we're similar we're genetically similar but we're different and why is it that my sister can look a certain way and my other sister can have a certain preference, but we're all genetically quite similar, but yet there's these small differences that like make you you. Like technically this is the blueprint for you. So I was always just like, one, the, the most interesting thing for me is like, it's your blueprint. It's as basic as that. Um, and then secondly, it also seemed like there's this incredible potential is that if you can understand your blueprint, you can understand how to be healthy. And so for me, being surrounded by, you know, living on a medical community, it was, health was always a topic. And what are the things that you can do to be healthier? And why is it that some people get really sick? And why is it like, you know, I would see some parents are diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and some have asthma and other issues. Like, why? And that was always an interesting question to me. And, and again, it goes back to the source of the information is, you know, your source code, which is your genome. So what are some of the advances that you're making now? Like, what, what's so good about it? Like, help me understand mm-hmm. why someone should send in 
their DNA to 23andMe? What do I get? Well, 23andMe is all about giving you access to your genetic information, which again is what I see as your blueprint. And what you can learn from there is your ancestral origins, meaning sort of what parts of the world does your DNA come from. And what we have found is that that's actually a really fascinating area for people to dig into. And you get people, in the last 500 years, people's families have been moving around. And you might think that you're you know, 100% Irish, Irish through and through, and then suddenly you find out, well, like, oh, I'm a little bit Spanish, and I have a little bit of French, and oh, like, oh, wow, I have like, like 5% Chinese. And so we find that it opens people up to this realization that what you look like is very different than what's actually inside, yeah. and that what's inside is actually really connected to the planet, not just to, to this one area. And um, we find it really connects a lot of people. Yeah, beyond, so beyond the connection, and you know, we talked a little bit off camera how meaningful your work is to me, someone mm -hmm. who's adopted, someone who did not have access or has not had access to mm -hmm. his identity, you know, original birth certificate, mm -hmm. uh, personal medical, history or records of any kind. You know, I would go to the doctor and they have six or eight pages of questions and it would just all get question marked. Don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. You know, and the doctor would look at me, you know, hey, I need you to fill this out. It's like, hey, I don't have it. You know, it's, it's yeah. sealed away in a vault somewhere. I feel it's unfair, <laughs> you know. Um, so to me, the work that you're doing is a game changer. I mean, it's, it's for sure. huge for those of us who have been denied access. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the impact, though, beyond connections. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me personally, um, I learned that basically I come from two areas of the world. I'm about 50% Ashkenazi Jewish. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, I'm United Kingdom, so mm -hmm. like uh, Great Britain, Scotland, Ireland. Mm -hmm. um, I'm almost 1% Scandinavian. But it's fascinating to me, yeah. and, and I never knew that or thought about that before in, in this particular way. And for me personally, um, I really couldn't fully live in the present until I reconciled my past, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Help me understand how you see the impact that you're making beyond connections, you know, putting families together and helping right. other people with medical records. Well, I think what's interesting that's happening right now is that you have sort of this watershed moment where suddenly everyone's seeing like, the mirror for the first time. And so, like, you obviously see your visible mirror, but it's, it's obviously different when you see your genetic information. And the thing that I've been surprised at in the company is how everyone has a story that's disconnected from what their original perception was. Right. Like, everyone. And, and in some ways, like, it doesn't matter if you're adopted. Like, I found, um, you know, my mother's brother... You know, he never had children, but he was very active in the 60s. And, like, turns out he had a child. And so, like, I never, you know, it took me 10 years of running this company before, like, that story came out. Um, but everyone has something that is, comes out that's surprising for them. And it could be about the ancestral side of, you know, you have, you thought you were from part of the world, and it doesn't match the family stories. Um, a lot of times it comes out that there's, you know, you have a family member that you did not know about or that you're not related to a family member that you thought you were related to. Um, it's definitely transformative for adoptees and sperm donor children 
and egg donor children because like suddenly exactly what you said, they have this ability to fill in a lot of gaps where they had holes in their existence and, and, and now they can get it. And it's interesting. It's been interesting for me because it's, it's a level of truth. Um, you know, we always hear about like, you don't want to racially profile people, but we do that all day long. And the reality is like, without genetic information, I'm always looking at you and making assumptions. Right. <laughs> and so until I actually get your genetic information, until you actually see it, you don't know what's real. And, and the reality is like because this information hasn't been accessible to people before, it's not just, like there's some people who have greater impact in their stories, but it's everyone. Yeah. Like every, everyone out there. And that's why I was actually like, it's so, for me it's like so interesting to document this time period because it is the first time, like imagine if you introduced mirrors today and before that you never saw yourself. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you, this thing that you're doing is literally just an infant just barely born. Yeah. And as I look personally into the next decade or beyond, I'm thinking probably you guys are going to use what you're doing to customize medication, for example. Like, you know, we hear those ridiculous commercials on TV with all those side effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bet in yeah. a decade um, you'll be part of the revolution that, that says, can you believe that we actually took that right. with the risk of what it could have done Right. versus something being specific? Uh, specific yeah. to our genetics. And well, that's, I mean, that's specifically, I think there's a whole world that's yeah. coming. And part of, again, the reason that we started the company was that I didn't see the government or industry seizing on this opportunity of pulling together lots of genetic information and individuals and trying to really solve the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, in my experience, the government is pulling back. It's right. still holding on to antiquated laws as far as I'm concerned as an adoptee. Mm -hmm. This was a law that was started back, I think probably to protect, um, they say protect children, mm -hmm. but I think it was probably more to protect the reputation of the family mm -hmm. or perhaps the, sure. the you know, wh whatever the reasoning was. But um, here we are now in the 21st century headed to beyond. Things have changed a little bit. We can still, we can talk about, right. you know, complex, um, even painful conversations. Right. Um, in a very adult way. Right. Yeah. Every, and that's the thing is everything has changed. Like there's no such thing really now as, you know, you share your genetic information with lots of people. One of the things I like about the 23andMe mm -hmm. system or process or way of doing things is I have the power. I have the control. Mm -hmm. And for me, again, you know, my POV, I have never had the control. Right. Um, it's always been controlled for me. So if I want to opt in or if I want to opt out or if I yeah. want to share this or not share that, it's up to me. Yeah. And that whole kind of personal, you know, owning your personal medical yeah. history is so empowering. Yeah, totally. You know. Um, well, that's, I mean, you should be a spokesperson for us. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of our whole message is that to me, I find so many aspects of healthcare um, just insulting. What have you learned? Like, what's gone wrong? And maybe help... Um, calm some of the fears that maybe my parents have. So my, my dad was very receptive mm -hmm. to finding me. Well, he, he was found. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, he, he didn't choose to hide or deny it. Mm -hmm. My mother um, did choose to deny it um, mm -hmm. and still doesn't want to be found to this day. So what do you say to both sets of parents who maybe have different opinions about you know, coming out and being public about something that happened? I think that... You know, it's kind of what I said is that it's sort of this watershed moment where a lot of people are learning information 
Um, and the reality is like it's not easy. And we see that for a lot of people. You know, it's interesting because we're regulated on the health side and people always worry like, oh, you have an Alzheimer's risk or you have this risk and causes issue. Um, but it's far, it's far greater on the ancestral side. Um, that people have a sense of identity, or in your case, a lack of identity, um, and relationships, and they want to find them. And in that, that like in some ways, like that's like people people can understand and say like, oh, I know that there's risk in the family, and like you get sick at different times, and yeah, like everyone's comfortable with that. But suddenly waking up one day and saying like everything you thought about yourself is different um, really rocks people. Um, so the main thing that I see for people that's helpful um, is, is two aspects. So one is patience. Like, it's one thing I said in those early days. Like, people would come. Like, I people used to come up to me, and they'd be like, I'll never do your test. And I was like, okay, don't. Like, that's fine with me. So These I think, are the same people, by the way, that said they'd never put a credit card into the internet yeah, for sure. to buy something, right? Yeah, I think it's one of those things. No one likes yeah. to be forced to do things. Yeah. And, you know advances like I totally get it like you have to wait till you're comfortable yeah and people should wait till they're comfortable I think that the second thing that we've we've done is you know we have over 7 million people who who are customers today um, and the reality is like there's comfort in numbers and well let me ask you a little bit more about the numbers so is the quantity important to the body of work in other words do you need a big enough sample to make it you know this effective or more effective? Like, do more people need to submit their DNA in order to get to the next phase? I think it's, you know, we, at every stage, it's kind of like growth, you know, in childhood. At every stage, it's exciting because it's, it's new. And so, like, there's never been data of this size before. Okay. I guess I'm asking, do you have enough right now? Like, if no one else submitted their DNA, do you have a big enough I, gene pool to work with to, to advance? We always want more. Oh, sure, we have, a, we have tons of potential. Like we have tons of potential on drug discovery and making discoveries and connecting people and all of this. Um, but the reality is you, like understanding the three billion base pairs and why you are you and you're not a slug, like that's a really complicated problem. And, and so you need a massive data set to understand that. So I think that's where, you know, it's, to, to really hit that end goal, you need a lot more information. Um, but like I said, at every step of the way, like we're kind of the company and the people here, like it's overwhelming how many things that we can do with the information we have. So that's why I said it's similar to childhood. Like at every stage, it's exciting, but there's always more you can do. And so I think that's where there's a push here. You know, science in general is beautiful because you never stop learning. And there's always more you can learn. We're just scratching the surface.